Hey friend, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the podcast. Last week, I talked about my mental health journey and how I maintain my mental health and kind of my cues for when things are not going so well. And in this episode, I'm talking with Rachel Reed, a licensed therapist here in Texas, and we are talking all about mental health and stress management as a small business owner. We give you strategies, actual things to do, and ways to look out for yourself. And I hope you learn a ton from Rachel because I always do every time I talk to her. Are you an overwhelmed business owner who struggles to meet your sales goals, but you feel like you're working so hard? Hey, I'm Lindsay, a Jesus-following wife and mom of four. I'm also an award-winning medical device sales rep turned sales and business strategist, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Small Business Sales and Strategy Podcast. I'm here to help you develop the skills and strategies you need to sell your services and products with ease so that you can grow your business, serve your community well, and ultimately live the life you dream of. Grab your coffee and a notebook or your tennis shoes and take me on a walk. You're in the right place. Are you ready to dive in? Let's go. Okay, friends, welcome back to the show. I'm so happy you're here with us today. I am having a conversation with my good friend, Rachel Reed. She is a licensed therapist here in Texas. And if you're outside of Texas, she also offers coaching services. She has built a small business. She is in the trenches with us as a fellow small business owner. She knows all the things that we all experience from a personal small business owner perspective, but also as a licensed therapist. And in today's episode, she's giving us some tips and tricks and some strategies to manage our stress as small business owners, but also ways to check in with ourselves. But before we dive into that conversation, I want to remind you that I have a free Facebook community where you can be supported by a small but mighty group of women. We are up to 75 members and going strong. I would love it if you would invite your friends who are small business owners. They have to be women. Um, but we would love, love, love nothing more than to support you, cheer you on, offer feedback anytime you need it. If you're stuck, we help each other out. And I will link that in the show notes, but you can search on Facebook, Small Business Sales and Strategy Business Community for Women, and we would love to see you inside that group. Make a post, share what you do, and we will all be cheering you along. So without further ado, let's dive into the conversation that Rachel Reed and I had about stress management and small business ownership. Hello, and welcome back to the show. Today, I have a special, special guest on. Rachel Reed from Empower and Elevate. She is a licensed counselor in my hometown area, and I would love for you to go ahead and introduce yourself. We're going to be talking about stress management today as a small business owner and creating a strategy that kind of works for you. So Rachel, take it away. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. So my name is Rachel Reed. Um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. Currently, I'm pursuing my PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm proud owner of Empower and Elevate. 
Um, we have two locations, one in the woodlands in Cyprus, and we've been growing really, really fast, which is really exciting, but overwhelming as a small business owner at the same time. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about your practice. So you have two locations in the woodlands and Cypress, Texas, and mm-hmm. tell us about your mission statement, your values of your company. Um, and, and just listeners. So, you know, um, Rachel is a mom and has baby on her lap during this podcast. episode. <laughs> so real life as real as it gets, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So one of the things as a provider, um, and the main reason why I started this practice was to provide quality care to people. And that was just so evident when I was working in a residential treatment center, like sometimes quality of care just gets so lost in what you're doing just day to day in the busyness. So that's really at the core of who we are as providers. Um, Some of the things that we really value is being authentic and very collaborative in our process. Let's talk about one of the, one of the values you had mentioned to me was transparency. And I know you have a, you shared a humble moment with me as a small business owner, starting up your business while pregnant. So if you'll tell us a little bit about that, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So I ended up um, leaving my full-time job. Um, I was a director at another private practice. Um, and that was just one of the best things that ever happened to me because I finally got the courage to do my own thing. Um, you're always kind of waiting for the perfect moment or so many things have to be right. And that really just kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone, but that was the push that I needed. And so during that time, I had to be really mindful of not taking on too many clients and having a maternity leave. So I started a small you know, just five or six clients, nothing crazy. And then I was also working in residential treatment. So I had that job for probably like three years prior. And so clients lived there for probably between two and three months, focusing on their eating disorder recovery. And so one of the things was after um, I had my son, um, my FMLA ran out and I was only had like six weeks non-paid leave. <sighs> um yeah, I mean, that's stressful in itself. And then they ended up cutting it and I lost my job. So it was one of those things where it's like that God moment. And you're just like, wow, like, I'm really proud of myself for taking that chance and choosing me. Because Mm -hmm. otherwise, I would have had to really start at zero and have no momentum. Yep. Yep. You mentioned it was a stressful time. And I know there are so many as small business owners, there's so many unspoken pressures in owning a business. It's stressful. You have to have courage. You have to constantly be putting yourself in front of people that you are scared to put yourself in front of. You have to manage all the time, you know, the time that you're putting into your business from marketing and sales to, um, you know, bookkeeping and accounting. And then you have to do the actual job that has to be done and, you know, managing clients and their expectations and all that. Um, Talk about a little bit about those unspoken pressures from a personal perspective, but also from a a therapist perspective. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like there's so many things like I can just speak about my industry specifically, but it's kind of like you have to have your health record system. You have to have your email and your website and your networking. And all of those things are just as important as your client care. So it is like there is this element, which I feel like could be an episode on itself about like how to delegate. And yes. how it makes oh, sense to get you back to the core of what you do best, which is, you know, in my situation, like working with clients. So like, sometimes it is like building those connections and building your community mm-hmm. to have that additional support. Um, one statistic that kind of comes to my mind is one in three business owners tend to experience depression, like symptoms. 
And I think that that really does come from like, there's all of these expectations and you really are taking on so much of the pressure of what it takes to run an effective business for your team and the people around you. Yes, for sure. For sure. And, and like I mentioned in my last episode, I've, I have battled, although I feel like I am in the winning space right now, right? Like for the past three or four years, I've really, um, I've really focused on taking hold of, hold of my mental health journey and really identifying the things that I know are either triggers for me to kind of start that spiral or, or just my body telling me, Hey, you're not feeling like yourself right now. Like Mm -hmm. you need to pay attention and you've not been doing something. And it's probably a lot, a list of, of some things, right. But you've not been doing something to take care of yourself. And so what is that? Is the stress too high? Have I not been exercising? Have I not been doing you know, drinking enough water or reading my Bible or, you know, that list of things that I shared in the last episode. So let's start with that. How do we start to identify or maybe understand ourselves better? I think that this is a great place to start. I think that this is one of those things where, you know, I always kind of come from the place mental health and improving our mental health starts with awareness and consciousness of like what we're doing and what is not working. Mm-hmm. And once we start to understand what our body is needing, we can start implementing the change. But it all starts from just like being aware and mindful and kind of taking that inventory and doing check ins with ourselves. I think yes. one of the biggest things that I talk to my clients about all the time is that we're go, go, go. And we live in this nature in this culture where we are, you know, driving to perform. But at the end of the day, it's like, we haven't checked in with ourselves. And at like 6pm, it's like the anxiety hits, like, okay, your body is telling you something, your anxiety is communicating to you. um, All of these emotions and feelings and energy that you had running through your body, um, that you need to do something for yourself and take care of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I, you know, like I said, I totally that is totally me. Like I get to a certain point and I am, I'm an achiever by nature. I'm a Enneagram three. I don't know you know, all the personality tests. I'm the, like, I'm the one that is like, go do the thing, go get the thing done, go win the, you know, go win the thing. And I found over the years that I wasn't checking in with myself to be like, Hey, how are we feeling about this? Have you slept well in the last, you know, the last few nights? why am I feeling this way? What's led up to this? You know, I had a conversation with my mom at one point and she was experiencing some anxiety and she had just gone through the death of her mom and a, um, you know, my grandmother in a car accident. And then my uncle passed away like six ish months later from cancer. Um, and it was just a, you know, it was a long stretch of very traumatic events in her life. And she was like, I just don't understand why I'm feeling this way. And I'm like, you know, as an outsider, you see it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. as an outsider, you're like, well, your mom died and went through a horrible car accident at, at the age of 80, which you never, you know, when you mm-hmm. think about old ladies dying, it's not in car accidents, let alone your grandmother dying in a car accident, right? At the age of 80. But you know, she had had a a list of events that had happened. She moved across the country, you know, I mean, there was just this long list of things. And I was like, mom, your body's telling you something. And she was like, Mm -hmm. oh man, 
I get it. And that's really the beautiful place is that like when we start to look at things through a self-compassion lens and it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, what would we tell our friend, right? Like sometimes we are our own worst critics and that anxiety is kind of speaking. Um, But when we start to approach it of just like, wow, like I'm going through a lot and just like acknowledging it, like some of these things, obviously like we can't change, but we can hold space for that. We can start to acknowledge and validate our own reality that like, this is a really hard season or, you know, the grief I'm walking through is extremely painful. Right. Right. Okay. So let's talk about some different skills. I know you had mentioned to me when we talked about this in person, and by the way, Rachel's a a real life friend of mine and like in real life, I see her every Wednesday. Um, I know you had talked about a calendar, Mm -hmm. but let's talk about, let's talk about some of the skills and strategies and let's dive into like, okay, like we're identifying it, or at least we're acknowledging that something's going on with us. How do we, what are some strategies and some skills that we can use? Absolutely. I think some of the things that we can do really starts with like having a strong foundation of what we're doing and kind of having more ownership of our time. One of the skills that I use frequently is the full focus calendar by Michael Hyatt. I thought this was like the silliest thing transparently um, when I worked at this other job as a director. Um, But once you really get going with it, it makes so much sense. So it really helps you map out your day, but it kind of helps you assess by quarter um, the different domains of life and it breaks down your weeks to meet certain goals that you have. And I think Mm -hmm. that this is a beautiful opportunity um, to incorporate some more like self-reflection of like, okay, are we meeting the goals? Are we on track Um, and helping you manage your time better? And I think that that also goes into like flexing our time and practicing where it makes sense to delegate and get support. Um, And this really challenges us because it encourages us to ask for the help. Um, And and I use this uh, maybe like analogy example all the time, like I'm not a tax expert. So it's like, instead of me spending (laughs) 10 to 20 hours on this, it's like, okay, it makes more sense for me to hire a professional and get maybe a consultation or more support around those things. So I can continue doing what I do which is yes. like here, which is not taxes. Yes. <laughs> Another piece Same. Um, where I go to is like time blocking. This is really great for people that are like ADHD, like myself is like, Same. I kind of set a timer of like, okay, I'm going to work on this blog post or I'm going to work on some like networking stuff. And I set that timer on my phone and I'm like all in focused on this for like one to two hours. And then once that's you know, timer goes off, I'm moving on to something else. So it's really helping us kind of reprioritize of like what needs to be done now versus, okay, that's due in like two weeks and really understanding because sometimes I think we get so overwhelmed and just like sensory overload that it can be really difficult for us to decipher what needs are utmost importance for the moment. So I think that that's a huge piece of kind of owning your time. Yeah. And I would agree that when I take hold of my day and I sit down and I write down the list of things that I need to get done and then I prioritize them, my day goes a whole lot better. Or even actually when I was in corporate America sales, I was writing down, you know, I would do it for the week and I would say, these are the, these are the non-negotiables that I have to get done for the week. And whether that was, you know, items on my own to-do list or items for my, my customers, you know, there was a list of non-negotiables. These have to be done this week. And then everything else is a nice too. It would be nice to get this done. It would be nice to, you know, 
to check this off the list, but this is not a necessity. So mm-hmm. my, and my boss at the time, I credit her for that, that particular skill in my life, because she said, sit down and, and make a list of the things that you have to get done that will make the week successful. And if you get those things done, your week is successful. It doesn't mean you checked everything off of your list, which mm-hmm. is, I think, huge in the small business world, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur and you don't have a team, what is the most important and prioritizing those tasks is, can be like deal breaker. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I always go back to too, is like a part of our wellness is sometimes investing in ourselves. So whether that's like setting aside time for like our own self-care and that looks so different for every person, but we have to think about like how we are recharging or having alone time right. to, to be able to perform our jobs to our best. Like when we're running on empty and we're not taking that time, it's going yes. to show up. It might not show up next week. It might not show up next month, but there's going to be a time where like it's inevitable and we're at that point of burnout. We can't go any further. Um, and that's where it's like, we need to, I always say like, we need to cast that low, like just like the awareness of like, okay, I feel this way. I'm noticing myself, like having a hard time getting out of bed. I'm noticing mm-hmm. myself, like having this like mental and physical exhaustion and lacking focus and drive. And that's kind of like, those are those warning signs that we have to start being more aware of. So we can yep. start doing something about it and implementing change before it's really, really intense and hard. Yes. So let's talk about that because I know it looks, it looks different for everyone. For me, I, um, what was the right word? I turn like when I feel myself getting anxious and I feel the depression starting to creep back in, I go inward and I like, I cut myself off or I cut it's, I don't know if it's, I'm cutting myself off or if I'm, or if I'm cutting other people off, but regardless, Mm -hmm. I'm detaching myself, right? I'm detaching myself from my world around Mm -hmm. me and I'm using my hands in a circular motion and (laughs) you can't see me, but, but but I use, I use that as a, I don't know what in the clinical world that would be called, but like it, it's almost, to me, it sounds like it presents as like isolation, right? Like there's a difference between isolation and solitude, right? Where it's like you're being really intentional with that time, or maybe you're reading, or maybe you're going to take a nap. Um, Isolation really is when we're not engaging with anyone and we're kind of in phone land, you know, scrolling and, you know, feeling really stuck. You know, there's a difference between the two. And and, and I feel like that's really good awareness on your part of knowing that you have that tendency. So when you start pulling away from some of our friends or, you know, feeling like, oh, I don't really want to go to that, you know, networking thing or, you know, I'd rather just stay home. It's like, there is that piece of checking in with ourselves to realize like, okay, this right. is kind of that yellow flag for me. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've learned to start asking questions when I start feeling that way, right? Mm-hmm. I notice that I'm on my phone more than I should be, or that I even need to be. I mean, other than client interactions. Um, but when I do, when I do feel myself kind of doing that, I kind of do that. Like I kind of have a checklist of questions for myself Can you speak to like, what questions can people ask themselves once they have identified something's going on? What questions can they ask themselves to identify why it's happening? Absolutely. I think one of the things that we can ask ourselves is like, how are our boundaries, right? Like, are Uh we managing our time? Um, Basic check-in needs like sleep, 
food, taking care of ourselves. Like, are we having trouble brushing our teeth or washing our hair? Like that's, that's kind of that sign. Like when we are not able to care for ourselves, um, another piece, which this one is my personal favorite is like how much of our conversation is talking about stress. Like, are we aware of like how much we are verbalizing out loud, how stressed out we are? I have this to do, or I have that to do. Okay. Yeah. Because that's kind of like that huge sign of like, you're trying to process and work through that. Okay. So let's talk about managing stress because for myself, I manage stress through exercise the best. Like mine is a physical exertion, which helps me think clearer. It helps my, you know, like I feel better, like Mm -hmm. overall, like I got, I get all the good juices flowing. Um, but I also don't feel the like kink in my neck when I'm extra, you know, like I hold my stress in my neck and I like, I know that it's, it's a physical thing for me. Talk about the differences in, I guess, physical processing or an emotional processing, or Mm -hmm. are they this, I mean, are they, they, they are similar, but they, they present differently, if you will. So like, for example, like more of like an active recharge would probably be like spending time with your friends or going to lunch, doing some movement. Like you just talked about whether that's like riding your bike or like going to the gym, that's definitely more active or like a self-care task. Um, which could be, you know, like a face mask or something of that nature, more of a passive recharge would be something with intention of like watching a TV show, listening to a podcast that feels, you know, regenerating, or that really speaks to your values. Um, That's where it can look different. And sometimes in different parts of our day, we need different things. Um, So one of um, my recommendations is, you know, no coping skills, work for every single person. So there is this element of like trial and error. So I think it's one of those things of trying a lot of different things and seeing what sticks and what is actually helpful for you. Um, One of mine is also, you know, growing up playing tennis, it's like, you know, that was always my stress reliever. And now it's, you know, now that I manage all these things, that's harder for me. So sometimes a walk is what I'll do and just like being outside. So I know that that can really help just your mood in general. Yes, for sure. Okay. So we've identified, we're starting to identify, or we're helping ourselves identify what's going on with us. We're taking control of our calendar. Let's apply it. So what do we actually do? So it starts with just like this day-to-day awareness. Like, um, I think a good litmus test almost is like using your Apple calendar or whatever calendar scheduler that you have and like seeing like how you're spending your time. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that works personally really well for me and it's kind of like an accountability piece is like if it's in the calendar it's happening it's almost like a non-negotiable so for me it's like if I need to schedule my lunch I need to make sure that I'm eating if I need to schedule me going to the gym or transport time or you know making sure um I go to that personal appointment um there is that piece of like being mindful to shift some of those patterns of like okay if my goal is to walk three times a week or I want to read this book like using some of those time strategies to map that out, um, to allow yourself the space where we're not feeling guilty and we're not feeling like, Oh, I don't have time to do this because we are taking care of and acknowledging all the other, um, tasks and other things that we have to do. I love that. Let's talk about a little bit about Mm self-judgment because I think that small business owners, at least the ones that I know and love, we are all so very hard on ourselves and pretend like we should be like superhuman that we all Mm -hmm. have like, you know, 72 hours when we actually don't, we have, you know, we all have 
small businesses and families and husbands and kids and friends and life groups and church and, you know, all the things, sports, you know, kids sports and all that. I think that the self-judgment piece of this conversation is super important because I think we all think we should be superhuman when we're not. And Mm -hmm. it's unrealistic and it's not healthy to pretend like we should be superhuman. Yeah. Even in that statement should be superhuman, right? Like it's kind of like the oughts and the shoulds of all the things that we need to be doing or we think that we need to be doing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, self-compassion just starts with, you know, how would we share some of the kindness that we we provide the people that we love, right? Like, mm-hmm. would we necessarily have the same inner dialogue as we would to like a loved one? And and I'm pretty sure that like 90% of people would probably say, no, I would never say that to someone that I cared about. Right. But I think it just kind of like starts with challenging that inner critic of, you know, I am doing enough or I need nourishment or I need, you know, to take care of myself and, you know, starting to shift our perspective of the way that our inner dialogue impacts our day to day. Well, and I love what you just said about um, self-compassion. You flipped my word, self-judgment, right? The the, mm-hmm. the word that I use from self-judgment to self-compassion and checking in with yourself mm-hmm. and saying, okay, and the key here I'm tired. is like where we where we get into self-judgment is like approaching it with curiosity. Like we don't have to play the blame game right. or you know, be really critical. It's just like, okay, like I'm noticing that I'm doing X, Y, Z. Okay. Like, let's kind of sit with that. Let's pay attention to that. That's so different than shaming ourselves of being right. like, I need to do better. I can't believe I did that. Um, I made a mistake here and, you know, kind of jumping to all of these conclusions, right. but it's really slowing that internal process down and getting curious of like, okay, what's going on. Right. Right. And I, I really love, I really love that. Like, I think about is increasing our self-soothing. So it's our ability mm-hmm. to self-regulate, manage our emotions. So we're less reactive and we can respond in a way that we actually want to. Um, and so one of the things that we can do is understanding some of our triggers and gaining more awareness around what kind of sends us over to the edge, what feels really, really stressful for us, and then recognizing old coping patterns that don't really serve us. Yes. Um, and that can show up in so many different ways. Maybe it's like we're not consciously spending or maybe, you know, we're, you know, going out to that restaurant and not, not eating mindfully, um, you know, mm-hmm. just different things um, that don't really honor ourselves. And so the awareness piece leads into being able to implement a new way of functioning. So once we have the awareness, it gives us the opportunity to change and challenge ourselves in a new way. Right. It's, it's all about asking. It's all about asking questions, right? It's all about ask, checking in with yourself and, and saying, okay, why am I feeling this way? Why am I reacting this way? Why am I going to this old coping mechanism? Maybe it's like you said, unhealthy eating, or it's, um, you know, grabbing a bottle of wine and downing it, or if, you know, like whatever the, un- mm-hmm. one other, whatever the unhealthy coping mechanism is, you know, I teach people in, in this sales world to ask questions. You, the more questions you ask of your customers, the better you'll understand how to help them, how to solve their problems, how to support them and how to serve them. Well, it's the same things with ourselves. We have to just ask questions and, and this time yourself is the, is the customer, right? It's mm-hmm. how do we better serve ourselves? Yeah. Is that and that's creating... a great question is identifying some of these skills. And it just starts right. with 
every day, you know, what is it like for us to expand on that and grow in that way of, okay, I'm going to challenge myself to implement a new school, a new skill. Maybe it's mindfulness, maybe it's reading, Mm -hmm. maybe it's, you know, doing like a meditation or a walk. Um, There's no wrong answer. I think it's just giving yourself permission to try something that feels foreign. Right. Yeah. Cause it's not going to, I mean, nothing that you try right away is going to feel like this is the answer to my problem, right? Like yes. it's not going to be this like magical sunshine and rainbows shows up and like, you know, the glitter falls from the sky. Like it's, it's not typically like that for people. And, and I mean, I can only speak, I guess, from my own experience, but it took me a while to figure out, okay, exercise is what I need to process and Mm -hmm. relieve the stress. It was, you know, I tried drinking a glass of wine in the evening. I tried, you know, I tried, um, you know, listening to audio books and I am a physical exertion type of person Mm -hmm. in stress relief. And so I think it's, you know, and I know I have friends. One of my kids is actually, he's a reader. Like when he gets stressed, if he can just sit down with a book, he self-soothes that way with, you know, so I think that there's just, it's just trying to figure out and and like you said, giving yourself permission to figure out what works and what what makes you feel better or feel like you're getting back on the right path. So yeah. I think that's I think that's super, super, super great. Okay. I hope this episode is helpful for those of those of you listening. Um, Rachel, where can we find you? Oh, thanks for asking. So one of the one of the ways that you can find us is on our Instagram um, at Empowered and Elevate, and then also on our website, EmpoweredandElevate.net. Um, we do offer therapy and coaching services. Um, and something in our sessions that we really offer is being able to clarify our values. That's one of mm, We the, didn't talk about that. I know. Maybe part two. Um, one of the things that I think about all the time with my clients is like clarifying our values. These are the things that influence, you know, the decisions that we make day in and day Mm -hmm. out. And every person has different values. And so once we get really clear on our message and our purpose and, you know, um, who we are and having that identity, we can really start to evaluate, you know, what is best serving us and what's not. And that can really change the trajectory of like, not only your mental health, but your business getting really clear on your messaging. I love that. I love that because you have to, you have to be clear on those things as an adult, but also as a, as a small business owner, you have to be clear on your values as a, as a small, as in your business, right. You have to be clear on your values and what you offer. And that's, that's so, so good. Okay. So we can find you on Instagram. We can find you in your, on your website. And I will link all of these. I will link the planner that you talked about as well. I'll link. And I also, I also added a book in there that I recommend to a lot of my clients. Um, It's about setting boundaries um, and finding peace. So it really kind of helps us talk about how boundaries are not something that are personal. They're not something that are intended to hurt other people, but it's really about honoring ourselves. And I love how there's like different examples where it's very application-based. Um, I did tag the planner as well, which I think they have like free downloads on their website. So you can kind of like see the layout and even play around with it to see if it'd be a good fit for you. Um, awesome. And then also on our website, we have a blog and we have different resources, sharing education on different mental health topics from like anxiety, parenting, eating disorders, anything of that nature, if that's interesting to anyone. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me today. And I'm sure that um, 
you will be another a guest again on this show because as a small business owner, we are all, you know, striving to create boundaries and be present for our families and doing doing the dang thing, but doing it well, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the reasons a lot of people go to small business is because they get to control all those things, but then they get into the small business and they realize they could work 72 hours nonstop mm-hmm. and not sleep and not eat and not do the things that, you know, that will take care of themselves. So I have a feeling you will be back on sooner than later. Probably we will be like, <laughs> Thank you guys. come help us, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You are so, so welcome. Okay. Well, I will link all of her information in the show notes, including the planner, the book she recommends and her Instagram and her website. Like she said, she offers therapy for people in Texas and coaching services for people outside of Texas. So if you are outside of Texas and would like to have a consultation with her, please reach out to her. She is amazing. I can verify as she's an awesome human and um, you would be so, so lucky to work with her. Thank you so, so much for hanging out with me today. I pray this episode gave you some tactical and practical ideas to implement today in your business. I would absolutely love it if you'd share this show with a friend and take 20 seconds to leave me a review. I'd also love to hear from you. So if you have questions or comments on today's episode, they are absolutely welcome. You can email me at strategy at gmail.com. I'm praying for your business. Join me next time.